How have we been amusing ourselves and coping with the hellhole of 2020? Find out that and more in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everyone, I'm Travis and I'm joined by Tim and John Dodson. Thanks for joining us as uh, we talk about what we've been up to for the past few months in our lives as well as what we've been playing and watching. If you've been doing something interesting, let us know in the comments and as always, we'd love to know what you all are playing and watching as well. So, Tim, let's kick it off with you. What have you been watching? All right. So uh, in one of our previous episodes, you had mentioned that you've uh, been going through Scrubs again. And it reminded me that that's a series that I've been wanting to go through for a long time and was not aware that it had come onto one of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. So me and my wife have been going through that. We're about through uh, halfway through season three at this point. Uh, yeah, that I've actually never really watched Scrubs before, so this is my first time going through it. I've only ever caught like the odd episode, you know, here and yeah. there. Uh, really liking it. There's a few jokes that definitely have not aged super oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, it's still really, really funny, and I, I like it. Uh, Courtney and I have also been going through some older movies. Uh, most notably, uh, we saw that Terminator 1 was on Amazon Prime. So, so we checked good. that out. So good. And then like immediately after we watched that one, we went looking for Terminator 2, realized we did not own it. So I bought that. <laughs> and then we Everybody watched that to one too. That. Everybody needs that. Yeah. I think I, that's I the could best not believe we didn't have it. Like Yeah, I, I couldn't believe we didn't have it because yeah. I love that movie so much. So yeah, we bought that yeah. one. Um Blu-ray. I went ahead and got the 4K version of it too, even though I don't have a 4K player yet. (laughs) That is incredible. I I think it's one of the best action movies still. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. It is up there with the best. Uh let's see here. I also checked out Knives Out. That was on Amazon also. That was great. That was such a good like it, it kind of reminds me of the like old school whodunit, yeah. you know, kind of like murder mystery movies. And then like, I don't want to give away too many spoilers in case somebody out there hasn't, you know, seen it. But it's like you kind of think, you know, where it's going. And then it sort of like pulls the rug out from under you and you think it's going a different way. And then at the end, it there's another big twist that is fantastic. And Ryan Johnson put together a really great movie. And the cast was fantastic. Everybody in that was great. So Ryan Johnson directed this, and he did, of course, The Last Jedi. So question for you, yes. Tim. Did Uh-oh. it explain any of Snoke's backstory? <laughs> it did, actually. I was not okay, expecting that, Okay, so it was a good dude. movie then. So it was a good one then. Okay, Absolutely, good. yes. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was not expecting to see uh, Snoke pop up in there. Uh, he's yeah. the gardener in the, on the oh. big property where the murder mystery oh. takes place. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. I know. Okay. Well, at least he redeemed himself. Happy about that. Yeah. I mean, he's an evil gardener, but he's, you know, at that point, just a gardener. Hey, uh, I have a question about this for you, for you and Tim, Tim and Travis. <laughs> this is something I was actually thinking about. I, I can't remember if we talked about this in the, our Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray review, but 
if w- didn't when JJ like when he when Snoke is now a clone, doesn't it destroy any significantly interesting things about Snoke's backstory? Like he doesn't have one because there's just a, a, a tank full of Snoke's, right? <laughs> so it doesn't matter if he has one, right? Because it doesn't yeah. matter because he's 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 not real. He's a fake person. Well, that so kind is of JJ Abrams saying that sudden, Snoke's like, backstory yeah. doesn't matter. I think I think that basically is his backstory. Yeah, is that he's you know a, a clone that the Emperor made to try and you know yeah. pull strings from behind the scenes until he was ready to come back out. No, it did occur to me like the first time watching it when just basically within what the first three or four minutes of the movie you get a full explanation of snoke that it was almost like jj abrams was saying you know what i don't care about this snoke stuff but i'm gonna get hammered if i don't give him a backstory so let's just throw this out there and move (laughs) on i don't want to tell the story anymore yeah (laughs) it's like people got what they wanted but like i want to shine a light of people's faces and ask is that what you wanted Right. <laughs> you got it. Is that what is that what you were thinking? It I, was? I think I think we can all agree that this uh, the uh, sequel trilogy as a trilogy turned out kind of weird. <laughs> uh, like the individual movies yeah, are good and yeah, enjoyable, yeah. you know, on their own. But as a whole, it's very disjointed and weird. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I realized after we did our Blu-ray review. I was thinking about him like we need to review all three of them together. And I also was thinking that it just seemed like it was (laughs) yesterday where we were saying we're getting new Star Wars and now new Star Wars is over. Um, It's just crazy. It's a crazy time, man. I'm sorry. I mean, Mandalorian season two is in the works. I know. know, We got the Obi-Wan project underway. It's not entirely without new Star Wars. It's just a different kind of new Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but I love saying Star Wars is over. So, because uh, it is over. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars the, the, the is Skywalker. Canceled. Yeah, yeah Star, the Skywalker saga is over, and I love saying Star Wars is over. Back to you, Tim. Sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was other one other movie of note that I watched recently. Uh, I watched Ready or Not. Oh, this my was God, such a great movie. Yes. <laughs> So I'm I'm a fan of horror movies with the rabbit on the cover. Rabbit on the cover. I I don't think it had a rabbit on the cover. Ready or not. This is the this is the horror movie, right? That's right. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a horror movie. It's It's not the one I'm kind of a horror slash black comedy kind of thing because it's yeah, it's got a lot of like dark humor. Um, There's some parts that are just actually straight up funny. Uh. There's definitely some horror elements to it. And but um, like I'm I'm big into horror. I really like horror movies. I do not get to watch them very often because I don't like to watch them by myself. Uh, And not very many people around me are also big into horror movies. Uh, My wife especially does not like horror movies, but she did watch this one with me and we both really liked it. It was a really, really good movie. Um. If you want a movie that's kind of a little bit horror light, but it's also really funny, maybe something you could watch with people that aren't real big onto the horror movies, this is a great one. It is pretty gory of parts, though. That's the only warning that I'll give. If that's not oh your jam, God. that's fine. The, <laughs> but the yeah, nail gets... in the hand scene, I don't want to say yeah. much about the context <laughs> of that, but oh, man. 
Yeah, okay, and they so even is... telegraph what's going to happen, and you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. no, they're going to do it, oh, aren't you know they? It's coming. Oh, no, you they're going to – oh, they did it. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be one of my movies, so I'm going to go ahead and tack on right now if you don't mind, Tim. Go for it. So, that yeah, was my last one, so just jump in. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's basically um, – there's a family that Samara Weaving's character is marrying into that is a board game like dynasty, essentially, and yeah. as a rule – anybody marrying into the family has to play a game with them and they choose which game by drawing a card from a deck. And if you get hide and seek, it's murderous hide and seek, which means like they have to kill you you by the time morning comes. (laughs) So anybody drawing that card is fucked. And that's the premise of the movie. You don't really need to know any more than that. Um, It's just like, like Tim, like you said, it's very dark comedy most of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. The the best parts of the movie are how bad they are at trying to kill this kill <laughs> Samara Weaving's character. Yeah, because they're all like rich, yeah. spoiled, rotten yeah. jerks. You know, so like, <laughs> they're not. Thing I like this. about thing I like about this plot of this movie is that. You know, hanging out with the in-laws can be challenging, and you could just take it all out early. <laughs> oh, there's a on, lot of right? jokes about that too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't like someone, you cut their head off. You don't have to talk to them anymore. It just cuts out a lifetime of awkwardness. <laughs> All right, John, what have you been watching? Buckle up, folks, because we're going down the road to talk about what I've been watching, because there's a couple things on it. All right, let's start off with Mystery Science Theater 3000. As uh, everyone knows that listens to the show, I'm watching the entire um entire show all the episodes and i'm in season nine right now two episodes i saw recently phantom planet and werewolf we'll start with the one that uh was good but didn't like it as much werewolf it's pretty standard about werewolf and people that become werewolves and bite people and it's you know it's 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 a fun episode like the 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 show makes it really fun but i watched a classic one of my new mst 3k favorites phantom planet it's a mic episode um wow is it fun so the idea of phantom planet is uh a dude this is kind of an old like sci-fi black and white film where a dude goes to um it looks like an asteroid or some weirdly shaped planet anyways and lands on it and he's really big and everyone's really teeny so it's like gulliver's travels a little bit and then he shrinks down because of some weird explanation of their gravity makes people small which makes no sense at all but whatever it doesn't matter doesn't it doesn't need to make sense so um it's kind of like uh if you've seen the old time traveler movie it's kind of a lot like that in in some ways Uh, and it's actually a really good movie too but uh you know very very you know got the murlocs and eloy kind of thing going on similar but i I don't want to spoil it but Needless to say, the main character is one of those old Hollywood star, like one of those one old Hollywood characters where the main character is kind of a dick and fights a lot, but you got to love him anyway or something. I mean, some of those characters don't age very well, but they're hilarious to see in movies now. So it's really fun to see where the movie kind of ends up. And it's uh, it's an incredible movie the the Phantom Planet. Uh, very, very, very good. So um, I have been watching because my wife and I are going to let our Amazon Prime membership lapse because why not? You know, you know, uh, uh, frankly, right now during covid, we'll talk more about that later in the episode. Amazon's not really delivering things very fast anyway, so I'm not really sure what the two day shipping's all about anymore. But wow, really, um, we haven't had any issues with that lately. Of course, 
it had been a while since we ordered anything, but like the past couple of weeks, we've been doing some uh, kind of reorganizing and buying some yeah. stuff for that. And it's been coming like two or three days. Yeah. And also we don't really need two day shipping as well. Right. Yeah. And then we're just yeah. kind of looking at the other stuff and it's like, well, let's see what happens if we don't get this for a while. So I've been watching a few things on Amazon. One of the things I watched was Child's Play 2019. If you remember, there was a reboot of Child's Play with no kidding, y'all. Mark Hamill, Jedi Master Luke. As uh, is that on uh, Amazon Prime now? It's on Amazon Prime now. All right. Go- I got to check that Friends. out. Friends watch it it's I've heard it's so hilarious. campy oh my gosh one of my favorite lines in it is um this is for tupac guys you have to see it <laughs> it's so good it's so i don't know why this movie was savaged I, it's such camp it's such cheese it's it's about it's about like your devices being everywhere and having like this connection all the time and it's got mark hamill just camping it up as chucky and it's like and uh, um, it, it's a really sweet kind of movie. It, it's got some heart to it. It's not terrible. I, it's real good. It's real, real good. But guys, I love mysteries. I love cheese. But this movie is real, real good. And uh, the main character, I forget the name of her. Um, she's a she's a really kind of like sardonic actress. I forget the name. Let me look it up right now. Um, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is great. She's really good in it. The kids okay. real good. I want to watch this even more now. I everyone, didn't know she was in it. She, yeah, everyone's on point, people. It's so, so good. Um, and like it, I, I don't want to say much more, guys, but you need to watch it. It's so much fun. Um, so Amazon Prime, they're buying out movies. Uh, so they bought out one called The Vast of Night. It's a indie film. Um, I'll say that it's kind of like an alien movie-ish, but that's maybe spoiling it, I guess. I don't think so, but uh, it's real good. It, it, it goes to show you like how unique you can get with um, an indie film and how much you can do with li- so little, and it's so great. There are scenes in the movie where um, one of the characters is a radio DJ and someone's calling in and they're telling you a story and the screen goes to black. And it's so effective. And I don't see movies do that very much, but the audio is so great. It's just such a such a bold film. I, I really love seeing it. And that's The Vast of Night on Amazon Prime. Another Amazon Prime movie I watched. Again, it's going away, so I gotta watch all the stuff. It's Under the Silver Lake. It stars Spider-Man, everyone's favorite Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. So I don't know if everyone um watched. One of my favorite horror movies is um Oh, it's that one. I forget the name of it. It's the one where uh, if you touch someone, then they'll kill you if you have sex with them last. Oh, I forget what the name of it is. It Follows. It Follows. There that we go. was such so a great movie. Great. And in yeah. the Under the Silver Lake is the director's follow up to it. And I, I don't even want to say what it's about because it's so weird. But it's about a guy who meets a woman who disappears. And he's trying and Andrew Spider-Man's trying to figure out where she went and why. Uh, and it's so weird. It goes into like this Hollywood lore and it, it's just bonkers. It goes into some real fun places and you should see it. It's not quite as silver, uh, serious as uh, as uh, it follows, but it's real fun. So those are three. That's a trifecta of movies to watch. I put Child's Play at the top, though, because um, that's just bonkers fun. And again, Jedi Master Luke is just having a good time as Chucky. 
So um, there's a new Netflix movie out called Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga on Netflix. It's <laughs> I was looking Will, at that one. Is it's a Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie. Not really, but <laughs> if you're looking for some fun and it's well shot, it's uh, pretty well acted and it's it's got some great singing in it, but it's not really good, but it's it's good. It's good. If you're just looking for something to watch with your partner or your kids, it's not terribly offensive or anything like that, but it's good. It, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun comedy, but is it real good? No, no, it's not, but it's entertaining. And speaking of a really good movie on Netflix, there's a documentary by Ava DuVernay called 13th. It's about the 13th amendment, which abolishes oh, slavery. Yes. Uh, it's, it's real, real good. Talks about yeah, how no, we've abolished slavery, but, um, we've, there's increased an asterisk on that. <laughs> yeah, right. But our jailing system has basically enslaved more people than all of slavery. So um, it's it's about the jailing, or, you know, the system of incarceration in the United States, and it puts it on point. It's spectacular. Ava DuVernay is a fantastic director. I de- definitely recommend watching Thirteenth. And and in that vein, also I watched *De Five Bloods*, which is the latest film by director Spike Lee. Uh, it's really really good. Um, but it's got a really strange style, so you got to kind of get used to that. But it's basically a movie about five, uh, four people that were formerly in Vietnam, friends, and they're trying to go back to Vietnam. And I'm not going to say why they go back, um, but uh, it's 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 really powerful, and the um, the character actors are just fantastic. And Spike Lee's doing something really interesting here with you know Vietnam, and it's and it's somewhat of an homage to. Um, you know, sort of classic Vietnam films. And they even do scenes out of Full Metal Jacket, like a scene from Full Metal Jacket with the Ride of the Valkyries, which is really kind of fun. It's, you know, they kind of spin that up a little bit. So it sort of knows the the material that it's playing with. And, it, and it's really good. It's on Netflix and I, and I seriously recommend it. And the thing that I saw most recently that just came out a little while ago, Hamilton on Disney Plus, um, the yes. very popular stage oh, yeah. play was released over the Fourth of July weekend, and I saw it. So just a little bit of primer on what Hamilton is. I'm sure everyone knows this, but it's the story of Alexander Hamilton as told in a really unique way with some really fun music wit- written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And traditionally, it's all played by Whitey because that's what Hamilton and all those early founding fathers were. They were all Whitey and Hamilton. They are not Whitey. It's great. They're just really care. Just the the characters are fantastic in Hamilton. In fact, so much so that after watching Hamilton, I'm like, George Washington should only be played by the actor (laughs) in Hamilton. He's so good. Yes. He's just so good as George Washington. I just I'm like, that's it. That's the last version of George Washington I ever want to see is so good. Um, I'm not a musical person. I don't really like musicals. And so I will say that this, this has no words without singing in it. <laughs> so, you know, how some musicals you got, like they'll actually talk without singing. Wow. Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, he just wrote two hours plus of music for this and it's all singing. Um, I will say that it, it, it wasn't as powerful to me as, as it was for other people, but there were a lot of things I really liked. Again, I came at this. I'm not a musical person, um, you know, but I, I really enjoyed what I saw on screen. Whoever filmed it, it was fantastic. It's with the original um, Broadway stage thing. And, and a lot of people are checking this out for the first time. 
Um, and Disney's advertising the junk out of this, even though it's free on Disney Plus or it's with your subscription. One of the fun things about this is uh, if you get a free subscription to Disney Plus for 30 days, you cannot watch Hamilton. <laughs> Oh, no way. <laughs> you have to get a real sub to watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that's wow. funny. Disney's like, no, this is the goods. You need the. Yeah. Re- you need to pay us money for this. Uh, and well, I'm didn't they pay I- you something like $75 million for the streaming rights or something like that? Yeah, they paid a couple bucks for it. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it's great. And the- I mean, I'm pretty sure the mouse is good for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the mouse has a couple has a couple bucks. I'll also say, too, that the, the character that plays King George is superb. I mean, everyone's just on point in this. Jonathan Groff, yes, yes. He's so good. He's so good. And just his spit is on display and how much he <laughs> can just command. It's just such a great quality. You can see him just spit over the entire audience. It's incredible. So many memes about that. But, yeah, Disney Plus, Hamilton, if you've got it, watch it. Yeah, and that's, that song as kind of like a breakup song to the nation <laughs> Like the United States, I never yeah. really thought about recording a breakup song for like international politics. Yeah. It was such yeah. a clever thing yeah. that they did with that, and yeah, um, yeah, we watched it a couple days ago, and yeah. I'd heard some of the songs before, but I didn't feel like it was that like you know, the songs were pretty good. I was into it, but then watching it, it's kind of takes on a whole totally new level. agree and the I, I guy totally who, agree guy who played jefferson and uh lafayette was yeah. amazing we went and yes. looked up some of his like he's got a hip-hop collaborative i guess i can't okay. remember what they're called right now but we looked them up on youtube and it was phenomenal yeah i have to yeah, try I to look th- that up and put it in the show notes because i definitely recommend checking out his other stuff I think Hamilton does a, a couple of things that I sort of forgot to mention. Hamilton does a, a really good job with their set design. They get a lot of travel out of one set um, just with lighting and such. That's just really, really good. Just the way they stage it with lighting and the way that the angles of the camera are. And there's one scene in particular where he meets where Hamilton meets his wife and they play out the scene and then they rewind it. Mm-hmm. Or, and they do this mm-hmm. rewind thing, which is just I've never seen anything like it. It. It's so creative. So um, there's a reason why this play makes more money than anything. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's so creative. It's just so good. Again, I'm not a musical person, but I have a lot of great things to say about it. Um, It's just it's just real good. If you have Disney Plus and you haven't seen Hamilton, why? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So, uh, yeah, I clearly also watched Hamilton. But uh, aside from that, I'm going to start off with something that kind of connects back to what you're talking about, John. I watched Villains with um, Micah Monroe from It Follows and also Bill Skarsgård. I hadn't seen her in anything else but that yet, but watching this, it was um, it was a bit of a ride. It was not what I was expecting going into it, but I'm not sure you can really expect much going into this. Uh, basically, their characters are like they've robbed a convenience store and their car breaks down. So they're trying to break into a house to find supplies to get moving and maybe fix the car or steal a car. And they come upon a little girl chained to a radiator in a basement. And then her parents come home and basically torture them and like trying to figure out what the hell to do with them. Like maybe we kill them. Maybe we don't, maybe we keep them captive. It's, um, a kind of bizarre premise, but it worked really well. And like the acting was phenomenal. Um, 
I'm not sure when this came out. It just kind of popped up on a recommendation from uh, one of the streaming services, so we checked it out. Very good. If you can find villains, I recommend it. Uh, we watched for we've been wanting to watch Sorry to Bother You for a long time, and we finally checked that out. And uh, have you either of you guys seen Sorry to Bother You? I did watch it. Yes. That is such a I weird movie, man. So. <laughs> it is so weird, yeah. It's really weird. No, but it's, no, it's that horse movie, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it and you know it's a horse movie? Yeah, I I, I oh. listened to a spoiler-filled review of oh, it. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, going into that movie without a whole lot of knowledge about it, like I knew he was... Like, I like Lakeith Stanfield a yes, lot. I really yes. do want to see it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Basically, all I went into it in was yeah. That, I went into it fairly blind. Yeah, I knew he had a white voice that he used for on telemarketing yes. calls. That's all I knew. But like, it was a really good kind of story about um race and unionizing and like a lot of important things that was packaged up in some really bizarre stuff, like turning people into horses. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it goes. Like it starts off and you think like, OK, you know, it's got like a funny, unique style and there's some, you know, some kind of like, I guess you'd say almost almost sci fi fantasy elements to it with, mm-hmm. you know, where they make the phone call and they literally get dropped into like people's living rooms, you know. But you're like, OK, this is it's quirky, but it's telling a like a, a regular interesting story. And then you get towards the end there and it goes off the rails. <laughs> with the yes, horse it thing does. yeah and then it gets real weird but it was still really enjoyable <laughs> yeah D- try to avoid anything about this except for you know we've already told you that they turn people into horses but check this out and like get ready for a ride because it is so weird <laughs> so i'm not really sure what brought this on i can't remember the conversation that we were having but i found out that katie had never seen the original uh mortal Kombat movie And it's not like that was an important movie that everybody should see. I was just kind of surprised that she hadn't. So we watched that and it was about as bad as you would think it was. If you haven't seen it, (laughs) if you have seen it, yeah, it, you probably know that this is not a movie that was great at the time. And it definitely hasn't held up well in terms of like effects and stuff like that. I mean, it was kind of fine. It had a plot that held things together well enough to sell video games, I guess. But yeah, I mean, some of the action was really well done. And that's about all you can say about it. But um, we have a an anniversary tradition where we watch really bad movies together. Like we for anniversary and Valentine's Day, we don't bother with the whole like dinner reservations or anything like that. We cook amazing food and watch bad movies with a couple bottles of wine. And nice. this year, since we had just watched Mortal Kombat, we decided to start with Mortal Kombat 2. And that movie is just like, I can't think of any redeeming features of it, honestly. <laughs> the action isn't great. The plot, so it's not even good, bad. No, like, the action isn't great. The plot makes no sense. The plot is so thin that it's like they're just going from set piece to set piece without setting anything up. And like, uh, I mean, I call them set pieces, but I don't know if you can really call them set pieces because they're not that impressive on their own. So yeah, I can't recommend that one, but we followed that up with the John Leguizamo super Mario brothers movie, 
from the 90s. And oh, man. Hell yeah. I've got I'm a, sorry. That movie's great. It's great. Yes. Like, it's terrible. I will yeah. give you that. But it is fantastic. I will yes. watch this movie Agreed. again. I will absolutely oh, yeah. watch it oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw it once when I was a kid, and I hadn't seen it since. But it was... Like it had some heart. It had uh, some decent oh, yeah. humor. Like it, there was yeah. something rest there. in peace, Bob Hoskins, but yeah. he's wrong. He's wrong. This is not the worst movie he's ever done. I'm sorry, Bob. I rest in peace. <laughs> You're not right. It's actually not that bad, but I know you hate it. I'm sorry. You hate it. No, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, another movie that I think this was a different conversation. I found out that Katie had never seen was Highlander. So we watched that and Oh yes, Highlander is <laughs> is so good. Like yeah. the cheese and the camp are yes. through the roof. Queen songs, the Queen songs are amazing. But that is just an epic movie. Like yeah. it, it is such a classic. It deserves its its place as a classic. Mm-hmm. The sequels that I saw weren't that great, if I remember correctly. But I haven't seen them in a while. The but third one's okay. The third one's okay. What did Katie think of Highlander? Oh, she what loved she it. it. Yeah, she. Yeah, cool. She she cool. also gets into the campy stuff as well. So. Yeah, that's great. Uh, aside from that, uh, Tim, you mentioned Scrubs. We just finished Scrubs today. Uh, we had never seen any of the most recent season of that. The last season they filmed, which was kind of switching gears to med school. And it wasn't as good. I mean, JD and um, Elliot are only in it for like three or four episodes. Carla's not in it at all, but they're trying, they were trying to kind of pass things off to this new class of interns and, you know, it was fine. It was fine. It definitely wasn't as good as the rest of the show, but I feel like if they'd gotten a couple more seasons that they could have pivoted to something new, but I still wish they had ended one season earlier and just like made a clean break because it had a perfect series finale and then suddenly there was more. But no, I, th- I think that Scrubs gets better as you go um, until maybe like the next to last season. There's a slight dip in quality. And then that last season definitely isn't as good. But yeah, aside from what we said before about how some of those jokes just don't hold up. And, you know, based on recent happenings with a couple of episodes of sitcoms with blackface getting taken off of streaming services, I kind of wonder if some of Scrubs is going to get taken off as well. But I, I saw that they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. There's a okay. couple that got pulled. Yeah, I get why there was some kind of problematic stuff there. But yeah, I thought Scrubs was pretty good. Uh, and I'm just going to rapid fire some stuff here because I got an iPad through work. And as soon as I activate it, it's like, hey, you have a year of Apple TV Plus. And I thought, great, there's a lot of stuff that I've been kind of half interested in, but didn't want to pay for. So let's go watch some stuff. And the big kind of prestige show that they have is Defending Jacob with Chris Evans uh, defending his son on a murder charge, basically. Um, His son played by the kid from it, whose name I can't remember right now. He was also the um, Nazi child masturbating in the bathroom and knives out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is a fantastic show. If you ever find yourself with Apple plus or decide you want to pay for a month. You definitely need to watch this. Like we were, we were gripped to this. Um, Servant is a show by M night Shyamalan. And that kind of comes with a couple question marks. Like his really good stuff is really good, but some of his stuff is very bad. So we went into this, not knowing what to expect. And uh, they set it up for a second season and it, I can't wait for the second season. Uh, The premise is like, there's a couple 
and they have a baby who dies. So they get this kind of rubber baby as a replacement and they hire a nanny to take care of this fake baby. And then the, the nanny, the servant is kind of creepy and weird. And suddenly the baby comes back to life and, the mom doesn't seem to realize that anything's different. She's just going about her normal business while everybody else is like, what do we do with this kid? Whose kid is this? Um, they don't really, they kind of do something that I like with some kind of horror supernatural stuff where they don't let you know if there's anything actually supernatural going on, at least not in this first season. Um, that might be a spoiler in and of itself because it's M night Shyamalan and you expect twists, but there are some along the way, but not kind of what you'd expect. Uh, we're also currently watching For All Mankind, which is a Ronald D. Moore show on Apple TV Plus that is kind of an alternate history if the Soviet Union had made it to the moon first and what the space program might have looked like. It's pretty interesting so far. Um, we're a few episodes in. And finally, Mythic Quest, which is a show from the guys who did It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia about a video game company. And Oh, it's hilarious so far. We're only like four episodes in, I think, but it is really hilarious. And um, yeah, I'm thinking that maybe Apple TV Plus is worth it after all this. If they keep this kind of quality content going, I don't know. I'll have to see how I'm feeling next year when this lapses, whether I want to renew it or not. But that's about it for what I've been watching. Hello, podcast friends. This is John Dotson, host of Cheerful Ghost Radio and the creator of Tale of the White Wyvern. If you listen to this show, you might be a fan of Cheerful Ghost, and maybe you read the articles on our site. And I've also checked out our new text-based adventure mini-MMO, Tale of the White Wyvern. Cheerful Ghost is a scrappy indie community that makes awesome text games, and we'd love any support you can give us. Right now, if you head to Cheerful Ghost and hit the heart button, you have some incredible support options in that you can use to start in that you could donate a few dollars through PayPal. If you wanted to do a bit more, you can buy a Cheerful Ghost membership that gets you some great supporter perks on Cheerful Ghost, as well as unlock some member-only titles and alternative cosmetic weapon, armor, and hat sets in Tale of the White Wyvern, including the coveted horse armor. On top of the ability to donate a few dollars or get a Cheerful Ghost membership, we also have a Tale of the White Wyvern merch store, so you can adorn yourself with the best-looking shirts and mugs from your favorite text adventure mini-MMO. I love the mug and personally use it to use it today to drink some coffee, which, you know, might be the best way to drink coffee. Might be the best way to drink coffee that was ever invented. Uh, at least I think so. Hopefully you do too. So we thank you for your support and only want you to donate or become a member or buy merch if you can swing it. So don't do anything that puts you in financial trouble, friend. So thanks again. And hopefully we can keep Cheerful Ghost independent through your continued support. All right, let's talk about what we've been playing. John, you want to start us off? Hello, I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington. It belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. 
I chose the impossible. I chose Rapture, a city where the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small, and with the sweat of your brow, Rapture can become your city as well. So you've been playing so Skyrim play- then? I've been playing Skyrim. <laughs> yes. No, oh, I've been finally, playing- you're awake. <laughs> I'm gonna play a Bioshock uh, on the Switch. Wow, I really like it. I really like it. I, I've this is my first playthrough entirely of the game. I played a little bit of it back oh, in the wow. PS3 era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I played through all of Bioshock Infinite and the DLC, and I'd never actually played through all the original Bioshock. So, wow, Mwah. I can see why people like this game more than Infinite. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's better than that. I'm, I'm at the point now where. Um, I'm at this where the, the, this, uh, the, this dancer, this guy that this artist guy, and I'm going through this dancing area. You oh know, man. The, yeah. That's a creepy area. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, It is. A, it is a creepy area. Yeah. And it's great. It plays amazing on the switch. The graphics are great. I, I love Bioshock. Wow. It's just such a tight game. Although I'll be honest with you. I kind of want the story to hurry up a little bit. Like it's good and everything it's doing is really well paced. I, I just kind of want to be to andrew ryan already like i know i'm not too far away from that but like i don't know it's like one of those games was like just let's let's hustle it up a little bit but beyond that i love it i i I love playing it on the switch if you've never played it before get it on the switch It, it comes with so many other games in the collection as well you get bioshock um you get Bioshock 2 and you get Bioshock Infinite and all the DLC and it's only like 40 bucks or 50 bucks. It's it's a, it's an insane deal on the Switch and it plays amazing. You can play it handheld on your TV. Uh so good. So, uh my son and I have been playing a couple games together which he calls Super Mario Jump and what he means by that is New Super Mario Brothers Wii. So, <laughs> I like New Super Mario Brothers games. I played the original one on mm-hmm. DS I played New Super Mario Brothers 2 on the 3DS, and now I'm playing New Super Mario Brothers Wii on the Switch, and I'm getting through it, and I believe I'm at level 5 now, and it's um, it's really good. It's the hardest one so far, so if you're looking for New Super Mario Brothers with the most challenge, the Wii version is the one to play. You're talking uh, about the Wii U I, version? The Wii version, actually. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I didn't know that was out on the Switch. I know there was like the Wii U Deluxe version. It's not on the Switch. I'm playing it on the Wii. Oh, you said you were playing it on the Switch. Okay. No, gotcha. I'm playing Bioshock on the Switch. I'm gotcha. playing New Super Mario Bros. Wii on the Wii. And okay. it's really good and it's really challenging. Uh, so when I beat that, when we beat, when my son and I finally beat this game, then I will get New Super Mario Bros. Wii U Deluxe on the Switch. It's harder but, than um, the one on the Wii. Oh, is Which it? is why oh, I thought good. that's what you were talking about because, yeah. Oh, no, I haven't the, played that one yet. The difficulty so is far. notably harder on the Wii U version. Okay, cool. Well, that's great. But this Wii version is pretty challenging compared to the DS and the and the, and the 3DS version. So another game I'm playing with my son too is on the Super Nintendo Classic. It's called The Link to the Past. I don't know if you guys are you guys are you guys are familiar with this. It's a, uh, I've heard no, about it. No, you know? I don't think so. Weird. So kind of a wasn't that popular anyways no. so so i i really love playing this game with my son he thinks it's really fun one of the things that i've been doing for a while i don't know how you guys take the dark world dungeons because you can kind of do a few of them out of order so i do the first one and then i go get the the thieves dungeon so i can get the mitt so i can immediately upgrade the sword i think it makes everything else so much easier if you get the tempered sword right away so that's the yeah. second one i get um 
and then I do everything you can get to get, and then I go um, to the ice level and get the um, the blue mail and stuff like that. So I just got um, the hook shot, and I'm now headed to the ice level to get the mail, and then I'll take the other ones, you know, in whatever whatever order. But it's so much fun. He loves watching me play it, and it, it's like reading it's like reading an old book that you love. You know, I remember it, how to play it. I remember where almost everything is. Um, it's still good, guys. It's still good. <laughs> uh, I've also yeah. uh, I. I just been playing Super Mario Maker 2 today, actually, with my son uh, this morning. So um, I haven't really played it since the new 3.0 update. And I played a lot of Super Mario World courses. Whoa, people have been making some cool stuff. Uh, I played a Super Mario World course where someone was remaking Super Mario Brothers 2 in it. And because, you know, they released the Super Mario Brothers 2 mushroom and it gives you some Super Mario Brothers 2 items. It's not mm-hmm. perfect. But it was pretty good. They were making all the first level in that. And that was really fun to play. And then just some really great Mario World stages. If you just want to get in and have some fun, just load up Mario World and just play it. Just play some stuff that people make. It's just some stuff is so creative. And and the way that they and now tying the levels together, um, it's it's what the game needed. It's so great. Another game I've been playing I got for Father's Day um, was Borderlands on the Switch. Whoa real good it's really really good um another great switch port of a classic franchise i played this co-op with my friend and it's great so you know it's everything i love about borderlands and it's it's the remastered version on switch too so you get all the you get loot chests on the switch that you didn't get in the original borderlands and uh you get the original borderlands on the game cart and then you get borderlands 2 and then the pre-sequel um, as part of D- a DLC code that you type in, which is which is kind of neat, actually, because, you know, you get the full game on the cart and then you can play the other games without actually uh, switching cart cart around. So it's kind of neat. Uh, another game that I got a while ago, which I haven't played yet, was Capcom Beat 'em Up Bundle. So I got it half off for about 50 50 uh, percent off. And I recently played that with my friend and we beat Final Fight. And I never really had played Final Fight too much, just a bit in the arcades. But since you have unlimited quarters in this game we beat it and it was really fun just heading all the way through um i i have some i have some nits uh for the creators of this game people give it a nearly perfect score i don't think it quite deserves that because there's like um one thing you don't want in a beat-em-up game or at least i don't is friendly fire <laughs> so you, people can you know people on your team can hurt you that's not oh good. that's rough yeah, yeah it's really rough that's pretty hard and then also they're just screens where they're just trying to take kids money, you know, money away from them. Um, but the collection of games on here is 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 superb. And a lot of games like I we, we played like a little bit of Knights of the Round and that fixes it like there's no um, there's no friendly fire on and that kind of thing. It fixes kind of some of my gripes with Final Fight. But we beat Final Fight and it was really fun. It's a really cool game. I played as Hag- Hager, which is the mayor who takes the law into his own hands. And I think my friend was Cody. Yeah, Capcom beat em up bundle on the Switch. I got it for 10 bucks or whatever. It was 50% off. I, I definitely recommend it if you like those old beat em up games and it's on sale, or even if it's not, it's super. I, I got it digitally because they didn't, uh, they're not releasing a cart version. Capcom's not. They did one in Japan, but I don't speak Japanese. But yeah, it's great. Get it digitally if you can. It's lots of fun. All right, Tim, how about you? All right, so this section should uh, go fairly quick because I really haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, part of that is uh, my children have been 
ever since the last Terraria update, they've pretty much monopolized Steam uh, playing Terraria with each other. And uh, with my uh, with my mom, she plays it with them occasionally. So they've been playing that, you know, a ridiculous amount. Is our Terraria server still going? I haven't been playing it, so I'm not. Yeah, we're basically done at this point. Um, yeah, I, I, I know you guys were talking about possibly rebooting it. Yeah, I'm, with uh, outside of journey mode. Yeah, I was kind of seeing what uh, Will's since Will joined the event on Cheerful Ghost and then kind of mm-hmm. like kind of getting his opinions on things. I don't think he likes it, though. I don't think it's, it seems like he's not really inclined to keep playing it. So I guess maybe he doesn't we, like yeah. Terraria. Will doesn't. That's how it seemed. If okay. you check out his comments I'm, on the. Oh, the event. okay. I'm, I'm yeah. locking his account uh, and deleting <laughs> it immediately. I'm what? sorry. That's a requirement that's, to be part of yeah. the Triple Ghost community. Sorry. You must right. like sorry, Terraria. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Will. Bye. Yeah. Oh, wait. I know, he, so. he, he supports us on Patreon. He's he's back. Never he's mind. back in, okay. everyone. Yeah. He's yeah. back in. Yeah. You must like Terraria yeah. so. or give us money. <laughs> <laughs> We're not cheap, but we can be bought. <laughs> um. Actually, I think it's pretty cheap to sign up for Cheerful Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually have not played as much Terraria as I would have liked. Um, part of that also was that my computer kind of broke. So uh, luckily I got that fixed, which is how I'm recording this uh, episode now. So hopefully I can get into PC gaming a little bit more here. Um, been playing a little bit of Borderlands. I literally just the other night started um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Nice. For the I've never played it before. So this is my first time going through it, even though I've owned it for like two years at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I never finished it. Like, I loved every single minute I played. I played it, but I haven't finished it yet. I need to get back to that. Yeah, so I just started. It's a little too early for me to kind of weigh in or give any sort of opinion on it. Other than just graphically, it looks great. You know, it's it's a really pretty looking game. And the the sort of robot enemy um, enemies, they look really cool. Um, the only other thing of note I've really been playing is I beat the Final Fantasy seven remake. And oh, so they released all of it so you could beat it all then. No, um, no, 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 just, just the first one. Yeah, this is just the first part. Oh, okay. But it, I think it took me about 40 hours to get to the end, maybe That's a little about bit more. That's it was for me as well, yeah. Yeah, and man, like I, I had pretty good expectations going into this, despite my best effort to sort of like try and temper it, you know? Um, but this game blew away my expectations. I liked it way more than i was really expecting it's so much fun the the battle system's really fun it's a nice mix of the more modern action rpgs with some nice you know sort of menu based uh uh, you know sort of layered in there so that it still kind of feels like the older rpgs and they took some risks with the narrative I don't want to give away too many spoils unless uh, Boy, did unless we want to just yeah, unless you want to just shout out some a spoiler warning and then you and I, Travis, can kind of get into it a little bit here. 
Because I, I think John hasn't played seven, but I also don't think he's inclined to go play it. So I don't think we're going to ruin it's it cool, for guys. him. I never will. And yeah, Travis, let's yeah. just put a spoiler warning. OK. Yeah. OK. So spoiler there's going to be a big spoiler right warning. Skip forward a couple minutes or more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, calling this a Final Fantasy seven remake is almost a little misleading because it is. Although for the most part. It rehashes a lot of the, you know, first part of the first disc pretty closely. Uh, by the end, they have basically broken, quite literally, the original storyline. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, they basically opened it up that they are free to do whatever they want. And they don't have to stick to the original storyline. And I'm genuinely excited where it's going to go and what they're going to do with it. Uh, for one thing, they've definitely just opened up the possibility of alternate timelines uh, right. because there was that little scene that's at the a end really there. creative idea. I'm glad they where, did that. Yeah, yeah that's where cool. you see that uh, Zach, a character who is quite possibly most famous for being dead for the entire <laughs> not dead timeline of the game anymore. has been dead. Yeah. Yes, but and that has yeah. to be a different timeline than the one that we'd been following in the remake because. It has to be. In order for yeah. Cloud to be Cloud where he is at that point, Zach has to Zach have died. had to have died. So yeah. we're working with at least three timelines. The original one where Sephiroth realizes, you know, I have to break this to like I have to break fate in order to continue how I want to and how to and and win because I'm destined mm-hmm. to fail. And somehow went back in time to tell himself this. I don't know how that exactly worked, but. Yeah, that's the first timeline. Then the second timeline is the one that we're playing in. And the third timeline is the one where Zach lived. So what the hell? (laughs) So would you get all this stuff if you never played the original game? Would you get this? I think so. I I, I mean, I think they mostly explain kind of what's going on. But there's definitely you definitely get more out of it if you're familiar with the original game. Well, as well as if you're familiar with like Crisis Core and some of those spinoff games like they they give some shout outs to that, you know, even in just like little Easter eggs or, you know, nods to some of the other media. That's pretty bold choice to do that because this is a remake and fans will destroy you if you do any changes. But then you do something like this and. That sounds pretty cool, frankly. I mean, yeah. it sounds pretty neat. Yeah. No, yeah. They they handled it super well. Yeah, I think the only thing that people wouldn't be able to, like, grasp what was going on was the little, like, few seconds of seeing Zach alive. Like, they might not realize at that point why that's significant. But everything no. else, it's pretty clear that mm, Well, this is there's different. also, um, they, there's sort of, like, flat, like, uh, Cloud and Aerith kind of like have like flashes almost of the sort of like original game timeline. Which, you know, if you weren't familiar with the original game, you might just think that that's some foreshadowing of, you know, maybe something that's coming later. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely seems like Aerith is more knowledgeable about the future than, you know, she appeared to be in the original game. Um, Cloud also has gotten like little sort of like, I I guess you not quite flashbacks, but like glimpses of the original timeline periodically. Mm -hmm. There was also that scene in um, in the Shinra building where you go inside the sort of like 
VR, you know, history of the ancients kind of thing. And then it like breaks and you get a glimpse of Midgar being destroyed by Medio, you know? Oh, I shit. I, I must that have part. missed that. Oof, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was intense. I don't know what's up with that, but it definitely seems like, you know, they're, they're going to make some really big changes in the storyline. Also, we know that some of the original Avalanche members survived. Let's see, who was it? Was it Wedge? Right. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. I think it was Wedge who died that came back like that that did not end up dead after everything was over yeah so we at least know he's alive because they showed him like sick in bed or was that biggs i don't know i get wedge and biggs mixed up yeah i love that every final fantasy game has a biggs and a wedge that's just such a great shout out to star wars (laughs) yeah and always a sid (laughs) always um yeah but if if there's I mean, I probably don't need to say this, but if anybody was a fan of the original, the remake does not disappoint at all. Go get it. it it's so not. good. Yeah. And I I really hope the next installment doesn't take forever because <laughs> I, I want it so bad. I want the next one. The Final Fantasy remake <laughs> part two on the PS6. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll come out the same time as a Grand Theft Auto six. Right. And Half-Life three. <laughs> and Half-Life 3. <laughs> so keeping the Final Fantasy train going, I've been playing Final Fantasy 15. I'm almost, I think, done with the content that I can play. I have two more of like the dungeons within dungeons that you unlock in the post-game left, and mm-hmm. they look kind of insanely hard. And then the like Adamantoys fight that, from what I read, can be like hours long. Um, did it you ever, was quite did, long, did yes. Did you do that? I did. Yeah. I'm not looking yeah. forward to that, and I am looking forward to it at the same time. I'm not sure. But yeah, because it has something like, God, what was it? Was it like a million hit points? Or yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't done that yet, uh, and I haven't touched the DLC episodes yet, which are kind of separate from the game. It doesn't seem like they connect in any way, but I'm looking forward to getting they, some more backstory there. They sort of... When you play them, there's scenes in the main game where, like, um, it sort of glosses over different mm-hmm. parts, and those DLCs basically plug into that. Yeah, I know so that, like, like there's Gladio's a scene where, has, yeah, like, Gladio ex- goes off and does something, and then yeah. the DLC is basically what he's doing during that time. Yeah. And then the Prompto one is, you know, he's away from the group for a little while, and so his DLC is what he's doing during that time. And then, uh, the oh god i'm blanking on his name the, the other yes yeah so his takes place while uh noctus is unconscious in uh, one of the towns so oh okay cool yeah they also uh progressively got better quality in my opinion too nice <laughs> the gladius one was like kind of fun but you could easily do without it like there's nothing too special you know about it other than just being able to play as gladius for a little while was kind of fun but prompto and igneous's um spinoffs were a lot more interesting cool yeah i'm really interested in more plot here and like i might watch the movie that they did uh 
but Kingsglaive just to kind of yes. get more plot because this is like a surprisingly deep world with, and I feel like there's a lot of story that isn't even told. Like they came up with a lot of story for nope. it that they may have never told. Like they just seem like they have vast history books they're using to write this stuff that they had to they make never release to you <laughs> for their own purposes to write it because it is deep. And yeah, no. No, this is this is going down as one of my favorite Final Fantasy games, and I'm kind of surprised with kind of the trend toward more shallow Final Fantasy games lately, which I don't mm-hmm. really I still thought 13 was a lot of fun, but it was definitely a step back in terms of like gameplay depth when it was almost entirely linear linear until the last bit. But no, 15, it's like they heard that criticism and like, all right, open world from the start. <laughs> And we're going to give you hundreds of hours of content to go through. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Um, Like you said, uh, we've played the Terraria server. And honestly, I felt like journey mode was a really great way to see all the new content and mess around with it. But even turning up the difficulty level with journey mode, it seemed like cheating. Wait, we blasted through this content. It really did, yeah. In way, like record time, blasting through this content. And I would like to go back and like revisit the idea of starting up another server, especially, or not starting up another server, but wiping the world and starting over, especially since you have your PC fixed now. Uh, might check with Greg yes. and see if he has any interest in that, too. Yeah, no, I would definitely be down cool. starting over on Expert in a regular world where we don't get to just duplicate everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although duplicating shit was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Duplicating was really good in a couple different ways. Um, but yeah, it just, it kind of made it a little too easy. It did. It did. That. And there was like almost no incentive to like try and farm bosses or build, you know, like our, like we always would build the greenhouse and then we'd always yeah. build the like water and lava tanks so that yep. we could get Farming unlimited. Farming bosses is some of the most fun in the game, right? Doing the. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I feel like we really missed out on that one because we didn't have that incentive to just farm it over and over and over again. You know? Right. And like, you know how much I love building and like how huge my builds got. Like, yeah. And it was just like, did basically no point to build really anything need... to store stuff because right. you don't need to. <laughs> if you can just duplicate anything from a menu, then what's the point of building stuff to store all your stuff? Like, I know. I never even filled up my piggy bank, let alone the safe. I never even used the piggy bank because you could there just was no point. platinum coins anytime you want. I know. <laughs> The only thing I put in my piggy bank is I put like because uh, I was experimenting with a ranged build. And so like all the melee based accessories I socked away. Hey, that's a good idea. With the best, you know, with the plus four defense modifiers so that yeah. I didn't have to try and get those again if I ever wanted that. But otherwise, yeah, that was it. Yep. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shallow experience if you just want to make like massive builds it's definitely the way to go like if you're just looking to have a almost creative mode but like you can you can make this very hard it's not like journey mode has to be easy you can you can up the enemy difficulty so that it's master mode difficulty but it just does take a it makes it a more shallow experience so and i don't even think i ever tried golf did you try golf at all i didn't know i forgot the golf was a thing I did too. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely need to restart that. Definitely. Um, besides that, though, all I 
have played like I've just been mainlining Final Fantasy 15 whenever I'm gaming, except for popping into Final Fantasy 7. Nope. Popping into uh, Fallout 76 occasionally. Uh, they had a Fasnacht celebration, which is a real life celebration they have in Helvetia, West Virginia. Um, that is kind of fascinating. I won't waste time explaining it here, but like the Swiss immigrants who set up shop in Helvetia have this huge celebration every year. And Fallout 76 does something along with that with a parade of uh, Protectron robots and everybody wearing masks. It's a lot of fun. I loved it last year and I was glad to get back in because I feel like the Fosnock celebration in the game both times is the only time I've really seen a bunch of people on a server coming together to do something really fun and cool. Like they, the multiplayer aspect of the game doesn't work in a lot of ways for what I think they intended it to, but it really Mm -hmm. shines for that event, which is just like a bunch of people goofing off together, which it's a lot of fun. That's about it for me. So recently, as of like just a couple of days ago, uh, Bethesda dropped some news that they are making a Fallout TV series with Amazon Studios, uh, and it's going to be the showrunners are going to be uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy from Westworld, which was a pretty big deal for me as I love Westworld. So, uh, are you guys interested at all in a Fallout show? Um, Tim, how about we start with you? Yes, I'm very interested in a Fallout TV show, and I have some ideas about how that might uh, how that might best play out. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Do we want to attack or attack that later when we get to the you know what Fallout stories we want to see? Because it's kind of along that lines. No, go ahead. You can do it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was I was trying to think about like you know as we were getting ready for this episode what sort of fallout stories what i'd like to see do i want him to base it on like you know final fantasy 3 or <laughs> not final fantasy we talked about that yeah. plenty earlier we both made that um, mistake now <laughs> yes fallout uh what kind of stories from fallout that i would like to see and you know do i want them to base it on fallout 3 or like fallout 4 or do their own thing and i was thinking like there's so many different like areas that you could have approach a fallout series that i didn't know if i wanted them to necessarily be constrained to one and i thought it would be really great if they did almost like like american horror story where each season is like its own standalone plot oh so you could do like one season based in one vault you know and all the weird experiments that vault tech is doing on, on the people in there and then you could do one season where it's you know um about the brotherhood of steel or you know one season where it's about a guy who leaves the vault and is exploring the wasteland you know you could do a whole season based in new california you know so i thought that would be really cool if they treated it almost like an anthology or if they wanted to break it down even more they could kind of go like the black mirror route where every episode is almost like a movie and explores like a different facet of this world. 
something tells me that's probably not what they're going to do. <laughs> they're probably going to go with a more standard, you know, pick a, a main character or characters and then follow them through, you know, uh, a, a single storyline. But I thought that that, you know, would be a cool thing to do just because of how vast the Fallout world could be and how different you could, you know, approach each season if you really wanted to. Cool. John, how about you? Very much interested. I think one thing that I've noticed is streaming services, they need content and video games have been pretty good in terms of, you know, recent creations in terms of video games. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie I've heard was pretty good. I haven't seen that yet. Um, We had the Castlevania show, which is superb. So I think that it's, you know, obviously it's possible to do something in video games that are great. I, I don't, you know, Fallout has this really fun vibe and you could almost do anything with it. And if I were going to do a Fallout story, I would do Fallout Protectoron. And my main character would be a Protectoron robot um, who uh, is uh, who wakes up one day um, and uh, is stuck on chopping carrots and can't find any carrots. And that's the show. So one of the things that's nice about a protector on robot who's in stuck trying to chop carrots and can't find carrots is they just try to find carrots the whole time. Um, you could use a lot of the same backgrounds if you ever find, you know, it's the wasteland. So there are no more carrots. So like, I know, you know, I know, I know. He just walks like, do you have carrots? And someone's like, what? And then he just walks off, you know, (laughs) what's a carrot? Anyways, so that's what I would do. Um, I'm I'm ready, Nolan. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> but seriously, though, I, you could almost do anything uh, with this game, and I really hope it does have vaults. Uh, it'd be cool if it's connected to the video games, but I kind of hope it's not. Um, there are some weird things that you could do with a Fallout show um, about people in vaults and waking up and alternate reality. I mean, there are scenes where like, you know, you're plugged into a computer and stuff like that. And you can do the computer yeah. stuff and waking up and time. Not to mention that so many of the vaults were, you know, like really like kind of twisted social yeah. experiments on people. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. show could go super weird if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, they really could. Um, and, and that sounds great. And, you know, maybe, maybe the show could crisscross, over the video games, but not be involved in it. But my guess is they'll probably do something a little different. But uh, I'm really excited, and it's cool to see so much money from these streaming companies with unlimited money pumping it into stuff that's kind of you know, you know, kind of kind of cool. You know, um, maybe I don't have enough time to go play Fallout Three, but I got enough time to watch a show. Uh, I'd love to play Fallout Three again. I really want to, but it's like so much time, you know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it's a great game. Great, great universe. Great kitsch for the show. I it's going to be a lot of fun. Be a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'd heard people talking about how, hey, we should have a Fallout TV series for a long time. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, how would they really pull that off? But like with uh, like you said, John, with a lot of the content that we see in streaming services lately, it's like, they're devoting the resources necessary to tell good stories and like we see the Witcher isn't exactly a video game adaptation. It's a book adaptation, 
but they did apparently pull some things in from the game that are only in the game. So I guess you can kind of count it, but you see like big budget things like that tying into video games and you know, maybe they could pull it off pretty well. And when I saw Lisa joy and Jonathan Nolan's names attached to it, I am so in like they, uh, I mean, if I see their names on it, I will watch it, whatever it is. They have sold me so well with Westworld. Um, that uh, Westworld is kind of in a way it's got some some of the kitschy history of Westworld coming from you know, the old movie from the 70s that almost feels a little bit like some of the Fallout vibe in a way where you've got old stuff mixed with new stuff and Fallout's whole thing is the retrofuturism of like an alternate future where the aesthetics kind of stuck in the fifties. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense for them to do it and I can't wait to see what they come up with. Um, as far as the one story that I was thinking of before we recorded that I would like to see is kind of like what you both have said. Some of the origin stories of the vaults, uh, like how the experiments went and stuff like that. And like, I would love to see a nod to that Gary vault where it's just a bunch of, clones named gary and all they can say is gary <laughs> yeah like, there's gonna be some fun in this show yeah, they're gonna have some yeah. fun with it but yeah i don't want it to really connect back strongly to the video games but i would like to see some mention of stuff like like somebody offhand mentions that the water purifiers in the capital wasteland are working and they brought a caravan to wherever this show takes place with purified water stuff like that little things that show you that it's in the same universe without kind of depending on people knowing it because like a straight up video game adaptation for these games would not work since so much of it is uh player choice and yeah. like if, oh guys breaking news just yeah. i just read it yeah. right now on polygon just came just came through the wire okay apparently it's going to be there the story is going to be a remake of fallout 76 well, honestly, that's the one game they okay, could I'm adapt. Kidding. That's a, I'm, that's like, a, I'm, that's a joke. Like, I know you're kidding, but if they were going <laughs> to adapt something, they could easily adapt Fallout 76. Oh, it, yeah. It would be pretty interesting, honestly. But, no, that'd be awesome. I know how everyone had, doesn't really... It's not the most popular of the games. No, but, it's not. Uh, it's not. No. No. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to do that. That's kind of a, a, an interesting place to start a game, but in terms of world building it's not the best for you know building up a huge complex plot which i know they're going to want it to do because they're fantastic with deep characters and 76 isn't the place for that yeah i would if i were them i would pick a place that you haven't really explored before uh put it somewhere in a really fun timeline you know that kind of intersects with some of the video games and kind of get out of their way and intersect maybe or or mm-hmm. just by the end of the season just have some thread right like yeah. hanging Chad for the, you know, fallout or something like that. But hanging just, Chads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Never thought about that. hanging Chads since the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Uh. So yeah, I'm very interested in this show. Um, if you'd asked me like two years ago, if I'd be interested in the fallout show, I might have had a different story for you, but knowing who's involved, I'm so in. So John, you mentioned that you are letting your Amazon prime account lapse. Uh, I don't think that I'm ever going to let that lapse. Tim, how about you? Are you ever going to let your Amazon Prime account go? 
I mean, there's no plans to at this point. <laughs> so if you did, or if you are planning to, would you get a month subscription to Amazon Prime to binge this show? Yeah, yeah I don't think you can just get a one month subscription to Prime. Um, oh, really? Do you have to go a year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh. you do. Uh, so so there's there's one show on Amazon Prime that I really like a lot called The Boys. And when that comes back, it's going to be a conundrum. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I really like The yeah. Boys a lot. And yes. uh, yeah, I mean, this show. Sure. I mean, we're just taking a break. You know what I mean? Like, how long is the break going to last? I don't know. But they're writing the show right now. And mm-hmm. Amazon, if they like what they've written, they'll green light it to start shooting. And, you know, with Hollywood being, you know, <laughs> what it is right now, what does that mean? 2022. Right. With COVID yeah. and all well, that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. So, you know, I, I will really, really want to watch it. Um very much so yeah probably i mean it's I, I love fallout i mean i guess i'd wait a little bit because the witcher like there's a good show there somewhere but i didn't love the first season as much i think the second season will probably be better um but if it was like witcher like and that i didn't love it I, i'll probably wait for some reviews before i like re-up the sub you know yeah So last time we had a uh, playing and watching episode, we talked about how our lives had been changed and how we were coping with uh, the kind of turmoil 2020 has thrown us. And it just keeps getting worse and more turmoil. We have COVID-19 and now some very worthy protests from the Black Lives Matter movement that are not being taken seriously by enough people in power. So... I feel like this is a good time to check back in with everybody, see how we're doing. Uh, Tim, how have you been doing with the world as it is in 2020? Well, I mean, I guess I've been coping as well as can, you know, be imagined. Um, I think last time we all mentioned that we're, we're all fortunate in a position where we can work from home at our respective jobs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our income has not been negatively affected by everything else that's going on and you know uh i'm i feel extraordinarily lucky in that sense but just the not being able to like hang out like i'm not a super outgoing person but i do like to get together with people periodically when we were looking at houses to buy when me and my wife are looking for a house we specifically bought a house that we were like, we can have people over at, you know, we can host parties, we can, you know, do stuff like that. And we have not gotten a chance to do that once (laughs) since we bought this house because we've only been here for like a couple months when everything got shut down. Um, The closest that we've been able to do is we did break quarantine once because a family that we're real close with was getting ready to move to Virginia. (laughs) So we, you know, we, we broke quarantine once to have them over for dinner as kind of a last goodbye sort of thing. And then one night uh, we were able to have one of my wife's cousins over because she had just gotten tested for COVID and tested negative. And so it was safe to have her over. (laughs) So we took advantage of that and had her over for dinner and hung out for that one night. Other than that, it's been kind of hard. Like the the best we've been able to do is 
we've um, had kind of like some front yard picnics with a couple of my in-laws where, you know, we just eat, you know, they bring their food, we bring our food and we sort of eat, but at a distance. And, you know, it's kind of weird. It's rough. Yeah, we did a lot of that. Also, also not enough people in California and, you know, in my area seem to really be taking this serious enough. And that's also kind of hard as, you know, some people are just kind of like, ah, we can't live like this forever. So we're just going to go back to normal. And that's like, I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Like, we're not going to start just hanging out with everybody and pretend like it's not, you know, a potential bad idea, especially because, you know, so far, nobody that I know directly has gotten it. But my wife is a nurse and, you know, there's always that kind of risk that because of her work setting that she could get exposed and just not know it. And so we have to be really careful that we don't end up passing it on to anybody else. And so I feel like we've been taking, you know, taking the sort of uh, social distancing, self-isolation, self-isolation thing a little bit further than a lot of other people and it seems like a, not a lot of people really understand why we're doing it. And that's been really hard. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, John, how about you? So during COVID, we still have my four year old son home from school. So my partner and I are watching him while the other one works. And so I would say that's the biggest change to our schedules, right? I can't work of you. You can't do a full-time job and watch a kid full time. You cannot. It's like not possible. Right. So we're able to trade. Right. Swap. So I can get kind of a 40 hour week uh, work week and she can uh, she can do her job, too. And we've gotten that down pretty well. Um, it's gotten a bit easier as we roll into a routine, but it's not easy. It's really not. We relied a lot on preschool child care. A lot of people do. A lot of working people do. So he's going to be going to summer school for a couple hours a day starting next week. But I don't know how long that's going to last uh, with the uptick in Corona cases. Oregon's doing OK. But, you know, when we signed him up it was a couple months ago and things were looking markedly better, it was still kind of risky. We could pull him out, you know, whenever uh, we want. But I don't know. I We're, we're just giving it a shot, I suppose. Um Uh, The good news is since Corona hit, none of anyone in our house has been sick. Uh, So with the hand washing, distancing and masks, it's worked out really well for us. We've we haven't been sick and we're we're doing it pretty diligently. I don't I only know a couple other like all my other friends are doing it pretty well. Um, I'm not going to get into critiquing people. I know (laughs) exactly how they do, but some people are more impressive that I know than other people. That's okay. I'm not I, I. as I like get older, I'm not into convincing anyone. Any, I'm not, I don't really feel like that's my job. You know what I mean? There's an order in Oregon that everyone's supposed to wear a mask. You know, when you go outside and you go into a store, you know what I mean? Um, I, I agree with that order very much. So, um, about how we're in now the middle of an uptick and more than an uptick. It looks like we're erasing all the gains that we made when we um, closed things down, which is really sad because it seems like, if I had to guess, based on this uptick and things, it seems like um, the vaccine's going to get us out of this, not our actions. You know, not, not just getting it under control. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I I find it to be sad that there's this political movement that's anti-mask. God, it's anti-vax, such a moronic, so anti- stupid. Oh, yeah, God. it is. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes the masks. Like, the, you know, no, I, it's I hate. Fine. I, I, yeah, it stinks. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, but sure. it is literally like the least intrusive, minimum effort that yeah. you can possibly do to keep you and others safe. Like, it's so it's yeah. not asking that much from you. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I, I People need to heed it. And I think that um, there's this really popular uh, movement also to like chide people that aren't doing a very good job social distancing and wearing masks, which I I think, OK, fine, you can you can. I, I'm not talking about you critiquing anyone, Tim. I, I think you can say that. Yeah. I think that's fine. But I think what's more important than that is that we've had a very um, you could say like like this is me being charitable. We've had a mixed bag from leadership in the United States about masks and safety. <laughs> um, at, you I know, think, yeah, more realistically, is, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're seeing yeah. people in the United uh-huh. States acting on really bad leadership. I mean, really bad, really, really bad leadership. So you could, so I'm not, so for me, like, I don't want to spend my time like critiquing normal people. Cause they're always going to be people, right. When we shut down, when we, um, had this quarantine stay at home orders. People did that because that's what leadership was saying on every level. And now it's not uniform. And now we're finally getting to a point now where almost everyone is saying you should wear a mask, but that's going to take a while. If we were doing this from the beginning, it would have been better. So I think our leader, like, so for me, I don't blame normal people. They're just going to do whatever normal people do, which is whatever they're told to do, you know, or whatever they're suggested to do, you know, um, leadership needs to do better. Right. You know, and it's sad, like we're worse than Italy now. <laughs> yeah. We're by far huh? worse than anybody else. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, I, I, yeah. Anyways, so it's sad. I'm going to get the vaccine, but how do schools convince parents that, you know, you kids have to wear a mask? Like, can they even do that? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, we're, we're, I, it's, it's an interesting point in society that we're in. Um, and, but you know, and I can't, and one of the things that I've been realizing is I can't control what anyone does. I'm not a politician. I'm just a person. I can say what I say on social media and influence a couple people. But really what I've been trying to focus on is making the right decisions in our family and having that almost be enough, right? Because I can't choose another president until the next election. You know what I mean? I can't, Uh, I can't make someone wear a mask, but I can make sure we wear a mask. And I've been in situations where I've been the only one wearing a mask. Yeah, same here. And other people should have or and I'm not here to critique them. I'm just here to make choices. You know what I mean? Or people that are like masks are the, and then they don't wear them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would, literally was at a social event where people were complaining about people not wearing masks while they weren't wearing them. What? So, um <laughs> I'm not here Does to that critique. Like cognitive I'm just here to describe. Like set in at any point. I'm just here to describe what I'm seeing. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then because of my son, you know, being four and having to watch him and having a real tight schedule, I've been able to join in the Black Lives Matter protests. But I do support them, and I've I've donated. I think it's one of the most important social movements of our time. When my son was born and Donald Trump was elected, we were a part of. Um, well, at the time, which was the biggest protest uh, ever in the United States, and now the Black Lives Matter protests uh, handily beat those even, which was the Women's March. We took him when he was a baby, but it was safe because 
you know, um, there was no, you know, there was no COVID or whatnot. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I remember yeah. my wife, she wrapped him up as a little baby and a little sling and we were marching in the rain for the women's March. I, I wish I could be there with them. Uh, Black Lives Matter. I just can't right now. Um, cause I think it's really important. I think it's important that, you know, we say those words, Black Lives Matter. And then we also realize that, you know, the call to be anti-racist, not just that we're not racist, but that we're actively fighting against racism. So, you know, like I said, I've sort of the causes, I'm trying to figure out how to act more at work, you know, in ways that sort of, you know, boost people that aren't like me because, um, spoiler alert, I'm white and I have had a a very amazing life (laughs) in terms of a career. It's been fantastic, you know, cheerful ghost, Tail the White Wyvern. I've got an amazing career at Salesforce. It's just, um, it's just incredible. And not everyone gets the same thing. And then it's not even that just some people don't get the same thing that I get. It's just that they're literally targeted for not being looking like me and murdered. And that's not okay. Right. It's, uh, it's a, it's something that we haven't. And I know a lot of white people are uncomfortable by this. Um, and I know that because people want it to be over, we want racism to be over. And I understand that. I get it. Uh, I want racism to be over, too. It's not, though. Um, we've got a long way to go. And just, you know, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, from one white person um, to, you know, other white people listening to this, we need to choose um, to not feel good over truth, right? Because you have the truth of the situation, right? And then you have feeling better, which is racism doesn't exist. It certainly does. Um, And it's certainly terrible. And we need to do better than just say I'm not racist. We need to actively be anti-racist, which is acting out against racism. And acting is the most important thing, right? We can't just say things. I can't just say things. This is a fun speech, right? That I'm telling you now, but if it ends at these words, it's worthless. It's worthless. So, um, something that I've been thinking a lot about and, you know, listening to people that are smarter than me about this issue, because, um, you know, I haven't taken as much action here as I should have, but one of the things that I've been really proud of are a lot of my friends, you know, a lot of my friends can go to the black lives matter protests. In fact, one of my friends, um, he was so moved by, um, the Black Lives Matter movement that he um, contacted an artist and he had a picture of George Floyd painted um, and he um, printed out a copy because the person he knew was in another state and he printed out a copy of it uh, and put it on and, and, and put it on a, um, a painting frame and um, it became part of a Black Lives Matter protest in a city um, that's uh, it's kind of a small town in Oregon, Newburgh, and uh, apparently the um, Smithsonian saw that that painting and they asked for it to be donated to their national archives so if you don't think that you can't have an impact exactly um in the world and influence culture um you're wrong right one of my really good friends paul you know um donated that photo to the smithsonian archives um to you know because this moment is really powerful the black lives matter movement is really powerful Um, it's, it's, it's one of the most important things, um, in the world right now. So yeah, you can have an impact. You can make the world a better place and you can impact culture. So, um, it's very important. Yeah. Like you said, I've been kind of wanting to get out into the protests myself. There've been a few around here, but I am just kind of 
the few times that I've had to go into a store, I'm kind of paralyzed with fear whenever anybody gets within a few feet of me. And so like, (laughs) I know that I would have a freaking heart attack if I tried to do it. Like I, 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 it's such a, it it seems almost crass to say this, but it's an inconvenient time for black Lives matter protests because like, there are so many people who would want to do like, want to get out with these, with these marches who won't because of COVID. And Yet they're the biggest marches we've ever seen yes, in the history I know. of the United States, I know. right? That's insane. Yeah. And I, I I read something about how it's possible that COVID may have given people opportunities that they might not have had otherwise, since people are working from home and have a more flexible schedule that more people may have gone out than would have otherwise. I'm not so I'm not sure which way that would have gone, but um but yeah, I, I wish I have that COVID wasn't happening because I would love to be out in them. Uh, there have been a few around here and they've been mostly peaceful in this area up toward the Richmond area. Wow. They've gotten kind of insane. Um, though Virginia did pass a resolution that any locality can choose whatever the hell they want to do with Confederate monuments. So a lot of them in Richmond are going down now. Tear them down. Yeah. I, I, I lose their shit out of here. <laughs> I kind of wanted them to leave the pillar that the Robert E. Lee statue was on. No, Stonewall Jackson. I can't remember one of them um, because there was a lot of uh, really cool graffiti from protesters that I thought would have been a really cool monument to the movement. But I'm not sure if they're going to keep that around or remove it. I haven't seen the aftermath. I just saw them like tearing down the statue itself. But yeah, that's happening a lot. Oh, all over Virginia. A lot of these Confederate monuments are being torn down. Um, I've been really impressed with Virginia's state government these past few years. They've gotten a lot done. Uh, I just read earlier today that Virginia is one of the, like the sixth, sixth state in the country to outlaw discrimination based on, um, ethnic hair choices. So like people wearing natural black hair could be punishable in apparently 44 States, which is freaking nuts. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of proud of where Virginia is going. Um, again, I wish I could be out in it. I'm going to be less charitable than you were, John, and talking about some people I know, uh, (laughs) So, for instance, I'm not going to name his name because that would just be cruel. But I have a cousin who went to one of these Black Lives Matter protests armed to be a counter protester and said that he hoped somebody would give him an excuse to shoot them. And so I'm just basically done with this dude. I never want to see him again. Like, holy fuck. How can you say something like that? My God. And that's on the the more liberal side of my family. Nobody is even entirely sure how he came about these um, beliefs. But there we are. I'm going to say it's somewhere on the Internet. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah. I've never. The only time I've ever experienced counter protesting was. Um, there were certainly I, I didn't see any counter protesters at the women's march. There is just sea of people. And the weird thing, too, about all this is there's this fear of Antifa out there, which is like I was marching with Antifa. Right. right. Like at the women's yeah. march, like like every liberal, like almost I felt like every liberal in Portland was there. Right. Because it was so yeah. huge. 
and they're fine. Like I didn't like I'm not, you know, it was the most peaceful thing, you know, and I'm and, and most black lives, almost all the black lives matter protests are the same. Right. You're marching mm-hmm. with people. It's extremely peaceful. So I don't get the counter protesting thing. I, I experienced it one time when Obama was being elected. I think it was this first time and he was coming to Portland and I was walking in to see him talk. And by the way, he's, he's an amazing speaker. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he is. And yes. um, yeah, he was great. The Decemberists opened up with a small set, which was really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's kind of a Northwest act. And um, there were some people protesting for support of Rand Paul or Ron Paul. And, they were fine. You know, I was like, yeah, Ron Paul, woo. You know, I'm not voting for him, but he's, he's <laughs> funny. He's, you know, he's the, it's happening meme guy, right? He's funny. Yeah, he's funny, right? Yeah. So uh, it was, and they were fine. They're like, yeah, woo. And it's cool. It was fine. So I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm glad I'm not, you know, going toe to toe with the proud boys. Sounds like your, your yeah. cousin might be a member of or something. I, it's yeah. sad because I don't, I'm not looking to beef with anyone like that. Um, or fight anybody, you know, it's just sad that people have to go to a protest and look for an excuse to shoot someone. I, um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sad. It's really sad. It did go off without a hitch though. There weren't any shootings at that protest, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, like you said, it seems like all these protests are peaceful for the most part it seems like almost all the escalations that you hear about come from the police who don't know how to handle this shit and you got i think you've got people who are kind of living out a soldier fantasy in a lot of situations and who shouldn't be in the cop in the police at all who are just causing all this well, causing everything that got us into where we are with the protests and causing all these escalations too, like, oh my God, the, the frail old dude who got pushed over by a, a cop and then all the other cops motioning the one dude trying to help on so that he couldn't stop to help him. Like you've seen a lot of cruelty coming from the cops. And I know that people are picking and choosing what to share. I'm not naive to that, but that's kind of why this whole movement is important right now, because we've seen so much, so many problems from the police over the years and it's not getting any better. And it seems like police are getting more militarized, which is such a bad idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, about people picking and choosing which videos, you know, they post online and stuff like that. And yeah, of course there's going to be, you know, a certain amount of that going on. But on the other hand, there's just so many that they've been shared like every day. There's new videos, you know, from the previous night's protest or whatever, where the cops are, you know, acting as the aggressors and, you know, instigating any, you know, instigating the violence and, you know, using unnecessary force. And after it gets to a point where you're like, you can only pick and choose so much where it gets to, you know, there's just so much. And you're like, that's this is definitely a problem. Yeah. Even if people are trying to pick and choose, there's so much for them to pick and choose from that. That's a real problem. Well, and I, I mentioned the statue in Richmond going down and it seemed as though 
I wouldn't guarantee that this is true, but it seemed as though that when the police were clearing the area so that that statue could be torn down, the first thing they did was just spray the crowd with pepper spray to get them to leave. <laughs> so like, I guess you take the good with the bad there, <laughs> but holy shit, it, it police aren't trained on de-escalation properly at all. And like you see, the, I, can't, I can't remember the city in New Jersey that has switched over to community policing a few years back, and they rely on the state police for some like really high level things. But like the normal day to day stuff, cops aren't even involved, and they're doing pretty great with that. Like their crime rate has gone down, like reported crime has gone down, not just you know investigated crime. So yeah, yeah, everything is kind of shitty right now. And COVID doesn't help. Same things that you guys had mentioned are still kind of at play with me in in the COVID world. Uh, I work for a local college and they recently announced kind of their plans for what they're going to do in fall semester. And like, there's going to be like a handful of classes that require in-person stuff that will be taught in person in larger rooms than normal with like distancing and mask rules and stuff like that. But like a solid 95% of classes at least are going to be all online. And it looks like I'm going to be working from home probably through the end of the year, at least. Uh, don't know that for sure, but I'm really glad that I have a job that I can work from home. But we, we recently, like in the last three weeks started doing some kind of managed social visits with people like staying outside or really far away from people inside with mask on. And it's been nice seeing people, but I swear it's like I've always been slightly introverted and social interaction for a long time with multiple people stresses me out a little bit and I just feel kind of mentally drained. And after months of really not seeing anybody outside of the apartment, it's way worse. Like I kind of just want to like crawl in at home and never leave anymore <laughs> but it has been really nice seeing people but man it's 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 kind of hard on the psyche after you get used to not seeing anybody um yeah like our family my my parents are in their 70s katie's parents are as well and katie's mom has lupus and has had a stroke so she's very fragile and cannot afford any chance of getting sick so we stay way the hell away from them when we visit and try to stay outside. It's just such a strange normal that we've fallen into. And I, I really want a vaccine to come out, but I want it to be when it's ready. It needs to be properly researched. And I wonder how long we're going to be dealing with this kind of managed life before we can mosey back toward normal, because People are not taking things seriously, and I feel like like all these phased reopenings would work if people would just stop being morons about it and <laughs> not look at masks and basic decency as some sort of violation of their rights. And, ah, uh, yeah, like I said, John, I'm not being as, as charitable to people as you are. These people are being morons just straight up. I'm just going to say it. Like maybe they're being misled by people, but like, come on, have a little bit of decency and do the bare minimum people, to protect people around you. People have always been, you know, this side of that of intelligent human beings have always <laughs> been as they are. Right. Fair enough. Um, 
we've just had times in society where we could um, pull for the effort a lot cleaner in a way where we didn't have all these really um, sporadic factions of massive amounts of disinformation, right? I mean, we went through the World War II era with victory gardens and people, you know, putting their cars up on, you know, they had two, you know, some cars they couldn't even have because they donated their tires for the war effort. And, you know, well, and we yeah. had rationing and that's just what you did because that was patriotism, right? Now patriotism in some circles is wrapped up under this, um, very extreme version me. of yeah, individualism. <laughs> like individual liberty. Individualism. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not I'm not saying people are being it's the same human beings. They're saying the same intelligence there. It's just that we don't have this shared patriotism, this shared sacrifice anymore that matters to everyone like it used to. And I think that for me that's sad. And that's yeah. a leadership problem, right? You you can't you can't have them, you know, that's that's where certain aspects of um, our political leadership have lost this shared sacrifice, because it seems that some people think that if people have to sacrifice, if Americans are made to sacrifice, they will implode or that we're not strong enough to sacrifice. We're not tough enough. The American resolve is not there. I actually mm-hmm. disagree. I think it is there. I think we are tough enough. I think that Um, this is really hard, but when I talk to people like my grandmother who survived, um, smallpox and polio, and I talk about the things she had to do when she was little, where they literally thought that, um, you would, um, that they had to keep the lights off, um, and keep kids confined in a room for two weeks, um, or they would, you know, not survive polio, literally like six kids, like five kids locked up in a room with the lights off because they thought if the lights on that the, that the virus would, would kill them. Um, and then you realize now what we have, which is you got to wear masks and wash your hands and socially distance. It's a lot easier. It's a lot better. We have better data, but we've lost this shared sacrifice and this sort of American, um, this American shared struggle and caring about your neighbor and patriotism at that level. And, and that's a leadership failure, not a person failure. We're the same people. We're the same American people. Our leaders are different and they're running completely different strategies now. And I find them to be very, very bad. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.